We're going to be picking it up this morning in Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4. The title of this series is Good News for All. And the title of this message this morning is, What About the Other 167 Hours? I'll explain what that means in a few moments' time. But it says this in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. And then we'll read a few verses from Luke chapter 4. And it says this, One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you'll bring me great joy. Luke 4 verse 1 to 2 says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Luke 4 verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread through the whole region. And then Luke chapter 4 verse 17 to 19. These are, I'm sure, very famous words from Jesus as he quotes the prophet Isaiah. And he says this, The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will be set free, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Over the last few weeks, we've been, as I've said, in a few months, we've been looking through this gospel together. We've looked at this gospel is good news for all people, and it's the story of Jesus. And we've looked at the early years of Jesus' life, his miraculous birth we've seen. We've seen his early years, his teenage years. And now we've seen him stepping into ministry. We've seen his incredible baptism where we see the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe our God is three in one. And we see there's a beautiful picture of that in Luke 3. And now we begin to look and move forward as we see Jesus at the, around about the age of 30 commented to say he steps onto the scene and he's about to begin his public ministry. He's fully man, fully God. But what we've noticed over the last few weeks as we've looked at this is that Jesus, even though he was fully man, he relied on another power to carry out his ministry. It wasn't his own power, but he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. We're a Pentecostal church. We're not ashamed of that. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe he's the co-equal member of the Godhead. We believe the Holy Spirit isn't just a thing or a being or, or, some, or a ghost like Casper the ghost or something like that. We believe it is God. He is God. And he's come. He is God in the now. And we see how Jesus was filled with the Spirit. We see how Jesus was led by the Spirit and he moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. And over the last few weeks, we've been learning about the Holy Spirit. And again, you can jump on our website or onto our YouTube channel to listen to some of these previous messages. But we're going to conclude these, this little talk on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does within our lives this morning as we dive into this passage of Scripture together. But you know, as I said, we're a Pentecostal church. I've been a part of this church all of my life. And growing up, I've had an understanding of the Holy Spirit. It might have been a basic understanding, but I've had a, a vague understanding during my younger years and youth. I had an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And, and you know, we were encouraged by, by many pastors and preachers who have stood on this platform, men and women of God, great men and women of God, who in days gone by, who've preached about the Holy Spirit. They've taught about Him. And you know, even when we've come together, there have been moments many, many times where we felt the presence of God, where I felt the presence of God standing in worship, standing here, praising God. I felt the presence of 
the Holy Spirit. But you know, as I was growing up, my understanding of the Holy Spirit was, yeah, he's great and I can feel his presence right here, right now. But I often thought that the Holy Spirit was just limited to a Sunday. I thought that the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, he could only move on a Sunday morning during church or on a Sunday evening when we used to have our gospel services. I thought the Holy Spirit only worked within the four walls of the church. And you know, I would leave this place, I'd close the door behind me, I'd leave this place and I'd carry on with the rest of my life and I'd forget about the Holy Spirit. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I thought the Holy Spirit was only meant for here and right now. His involvement in my everyday life was non-existent. That was until I was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of 18. And then my understanding and my relationship with the Holy Spirit completely changed. I'm so glad that our God isn't contained into a little box. Our God isn't contained into four walls of a church building. Our God has come to dwell and live inside of us and amongst us. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit isn't contained just for a Sunday morning so you can have tingly feelings in your fingers during the worship songs. Or maybe this morning you had cringing faces and how awful my guitar playing was or whatever it was. But you know, the Holy Spirit isn't just contained to this. He isn't just contained to a little feeling that makes us feel good. But the Holy Spirit wants to be active and involved in every aspect of our lives, in every part of our lives. You know, the reality is that there is 168 hours in a week. Did you know that? There are 168 hours in a week. And if we spend just one hour here on a Sunday morning, and God only speaks to us on one hour here on a Sunday morning, or we only feel his presence for one hour here on a Sunday morning, then something is wrong. I believe God wants to say to us this morning, well, what about the other 167 hours? God doesn't want to just be contained in just this one hour. He wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. He wants to fill every hour. He wants to lead us like he led Jesus. He wants to empower us like he empowered Jesus. He wants to speak through us like he spoke through Jesus. He wants to help us through our challenges. He wants to help us in our difficulties. God wants to be part of our everyday lives. We're a Pentecostal people. But I wonder, is that just contained to a Sunday morning? Are we Pentecostals come Monday? Not only Pentecostals, don't worry about the denomination. Are we spirit-filled believers? Because that's God's call, not just for one denomination, for every denomination, every follower of Jesus. God wants us to be spirit-filled believers. And this morning, I pray that God through his word would help us to shift our perspective God doesn't want you to have a Sunday-centered faith. He wants to work in your life every single day. He wants to move beyond these four walls. God wants to speak to us every single day. God wants you and me to be spirit-filled. And he wants us to live a spirit-filled life. I wonder, are we doing that this morning? Am I doing that? This challenge starts with me, first of all. It starts in my heart. And this morning, I just want to look at a few things that the results uh, that are the results of being spirit filled. We're going to see a few things that the Holy Spirit does in our everyday life when we allow Him to fill us, not just on Sundays, but when we allow Him to move in our lives every single day. Do you want to know what the results of a spirit filled life are? Should we have a look at it together? Well, it says this first of all: the first thing that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives is direction. He brings direction into our lives. Listen to what it says in Luke four, verse one to two. It says, "Then Jesus." full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. Hear this. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all that time and became very angry. The first result 
of a spirit-filled life, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, is that we will be led by the Holy Spirit. There is direction that comes to our lives. We see that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit and God, through His Spirit, brings direction to my life and your life. That's what He does. Anybody here today need direction for something? Not just road directions. How many of you need directions in life? Maybe you're facing a relationship problem right now and you need God's help in directing what the future of that relationship could be. Maybe you need direction when it comes to your workplace. Maybe you need direction about what to do with your job. God can bring direction. Maybe you need direction over your next steps. Maybe it's a house, whatever it is. Maybe even in your spiritual life, you need direction. God, what do you want me to do? Where are you going to call me, God? What what is it that I can bring? Where do you want me to go? You know, the incredible thing is, is that if we seek God, God promises he will lead us and guide us. God wants to lead us and guide us within our lives. There is promise after promise that God will guide us in our lives. I'm just going to read to, to us this morning. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. God direct. Isaiah 30, 21. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, you will hear a voice say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or the left, walk in it. God brings us direction. He loves to direct us within our lives. And you know, I really believe there's a word from the Lord for somebody here this morning. Maybe you've come here today and you need something from God. You need direction within your life. As I said, maybe it's to do with a child. Maybe it's to do with a relationship or a marriage or a job opportunity. I believe the word of the Lord to you this morning is open up your heart to the Holy Spirit and allow him to show you which way to go. Allow him to direct you and show you which way to take. His way, I can promise you this, is the best way. When I've tried to live my life and do my own things, I've ended up in a mess. I've ended up in destruction. I've ruined parts of my life. But you know, the moments where I've surrendered to God and said, God, would you lead me? He's blessed. He's opened up doors that I could never open. He's provided opportunities. He's helped. He's guided. God is ready to direct us in our lives if we would open up our hearts to him. We don't need to live in confusion. We're living in a world that's very confused at this moment in time. Confused about sexuality, confused about identity, confused about the future, about what to do, confused about which political party to follow. All these things is a very confusing world out there. I thank God as the people of God, we never have to be confused. Confused. The word says in Psalm 119, your word is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. God brings direction to our lives. He is the good shepherd who leads us beside still waters and restores our soul. I can promise you right now, God will never confuse you. God will never bring confusion to your life. He's not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. He's a loving father who wants to direct you and cares for you. So I want to encourage you. If you want to know direction in your life, open up your life to the Holy Spirit. A spirit for life will bring direction to your life. You will know boldness. You will know confidence. You will know courage that God has said, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, and I can honestly say this, that I'm meant to be the pastor here at this moment in time in this season. I know without a shadow of a doubt because God has spoken to me. It's not because I've made this up, but I know that I'm living in the will of God. And you can know that confidence. You can know that assurance that that's where God has placed you. You can know God's direction in your life. So the result of a spirit-filled life is that you'll have direction. You need direction. God, by his spirit, will lead you. Second result of a spirit-filled life is power. 
is power. And this is the opposite to worldly power. This isn't about gaining power so that we would be seen or elevated or to push our way around. This is a different type of power. This is godly power. It says this in Luke 4 verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread through the whole region. God promises us as followers of Jesus, power. You might say, what is that power for? Why is he going to give us power? What is that power for? Well, it says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said these words to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, the Greek word here for power, I'm going a bit Greek, here we go, a bit theological. <laughs> Better sound like a pastor than I. Greek word here. The Greek word for power here is dunamis. And it's where we get that English word dynamite from. It's that explosive power, that dynamite within our lives. But you know, that power is for a purpose. That power is for purpose within our lives. And what is that, that Holy Spirit power that he wants to bring into our lives? It's for three important things. And I need God's power to be able to do this. Here they are. The first thing we, is for power to help us live out our faith in front of our friends and family. They are often the hardest people to share our faith with, aren't they? To be honest about our faith. We need power to do that, to live out, live for Jesus in front of our friends and family. We need the Holy Spirit's power. We need the Holy Spirit's power to overcome challenges and problems we face. If I asked anybody here, if I asked this this morning, raise your hand if you're facing a problem. I'm not gonna do that. If you've got a problem or a challenge right now, I'm sure every hand in this room would be raised. There is some circumstance, some problem that we are facing right now. You might not have voiced it to other people, but I'm sure there is a problem or a giant or a wall in front of you right now that you just cannot seem to get rid of. You don't have to overcome that on your own. You don't need to muster up that strength on your own. Or on your own. Jesus will give you the power. God will give you the power to overcome every challenge, every struggle. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Paul says, when God speaks to Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. Where? In weakness. If you're weak this morning, you're the perfect candidate to receive God's power. He's not looking for anybody who's strong in and of themselves and saying, look how great I am. I've got this, God. He's looking for people who say, God, I need you. I you know the times where I felt God helped me the most of the times where I've been broken, useless, and I needed his help. It's when I'm on my knees and God has intervened graciously and mercifully. That's when I've encountered God's power the best in my life. And maybe you're here today and you say, yeah, I'm on my knees. Watch how God will help. Say, Lord, I need your power. Even just to get through this afternoon. Maybe there's someone here today and you're worried about even leaving this place. God can give you the power to face whatever you're facing in home. He'll give you that power. He will give you that strength. But it's not only power to overcome those things. Number three, to live the full flourishing life that Jesus promised. And I'm not on about financially flourishing either. We're not prosperity gospel speakers here. Yes, God can bless in other ways, but God wants to bless you spiritually. He wants you to have a full and satisfying life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come, you might have life and life more abundantly or life to the full. Anybody living life to the full right now? If not, then call on the Holy Spirit. He can give you that power. You know, too often for many of us, the, we have reduced the Holy Spirit to just a manifestation. 
but really we need a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power within our lives. We don't need just a momentary thing where God moves. We need his help in every day of our lives. You know, one of the things I love is that God's power is not only powerful, it's practical as well. It's practical for our everyday lives. God is a practical God. And he wants to help you when you're sorting things out around the house. He wants to help you when you're dealing with your finances. God wants to help you in every area. There is power available and power to make Jesus known as well. Because I don't know about you, but that's a scary thing telling people about Jesus sometimes. It can be frightening. In the world in which we're facing where people will shout down Christians and argue against us for our beliefs, we need all the help we can get. And God has promised there is power to be my witnesses. That's what it's for. There's power not to be a church member or church goer or to be a pill filler. It is to be witnesses in this world, telling people about what Jesus has done. Telling them about your wonderful Savior, about his grace, about what our God has done. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. So there's direction, there's power, Finally, number three, as we come towards a conclusion, the result of a spirit-filled life, there is purpose. There is purpose. It says this in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19, Jesus said these words, the spirit is upon me. Why? For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Third result of a spiritual life is purpose. And this is one that we can often miss. We think that God will bring direction. We think the Holy Spirit is there for power. But what about for purpose? You know, one of the most researched questions on Google, as I've said before, is why am I here? People wonder, why am I here? Why are we on this earth? What is my reason for being here? And many people think they don't have a purpose. Many people don't think there's any reason for them to be alive. But my Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I love that word there in in Luke chapter four, where it says, Jesus says there, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Spirit of the Lord is upon me for, or as it says in other translations, because he's anointed me. I need God's power because he's got a plan for me. I need to do this. And God's got a plan and purpose for your life. Jesus was anointed for a purpose and God wants to anoint you because he's got a purpose for you as well. God's got a purpose for you and your purpose, your calling might not be to to be involved in leadership within a church. It might not to be on the worship team in church. It might not be to help out in a ministry of a church, but I want to encourage you. God does want you to serve in some way or another, but your purpose might be to serve in that workplace. God wants you there in that workplace because there are people who you can encounter that I'll never meet that need to hear about Jesus so God can use you in your workplace. God's placed you in that family for a purpose. God's placed this church here in Abraham for a purpose. And it's not just so that we could say, look how long we have been here, but there are people who are going to a lost eternity unless we get out of our comfort zone and reach these people. There are people up and up and down this street who need to hear about Jesus. There are people in this community who need to hear about him. We are here for a purpose. And that purpose isn't just to entertain a few people. This purpose is to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world around us. We are here to shine the light of God 
into this very dark world. We are here to tell this world that is lost and broken, there is a Savior who loves you, who died for you and made a way possible for you to know him. God brings purpose to our lives. And I want to say that purpose isn't just for yourself. It isn't just so you can climb some sort of ladder and say, look how high I've got in my job or look how great I am. But we see, getting excited, we can see that purpose is not just for that. That purpose is for other people. That was a test that was, by the way, to see who's awake. But uh, <laughs> that purpose that God has given you is for other people. It's to help other people, to encourage other people. I love what it says in Galatians 5.13. Says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use this freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. To serve. That's what we're called to do, just like our Savior. He came not to be served, but to serve. That's what we are called to do, to serve one another. Our purpose is to help other people. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, as I come to an end, says this. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. How nice is it to know this morning you were chosen. You've been chosen by Almighty God. You are loved by Almighty God. You were chosen by Him. Listen to this. You were royal priests. Not just me. I'm not just a priest. We're all priests. Royal priests. Priests of the King. A holy nation. God's very own possession. Isn't that nice? We have a Heavenly Father who loves us. And it says this, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There are people who need to know about Jesus. And it's not about us getting on our high and mighty horse or religious horse and saying, look how holy I am, look how perfect I am. It's about saying, do you know how messed up I am? Do you know how lost I was? Do you know what I was involved with? Do you know what I've done in my life? But then I encountered my Savior. And look how he turned around my life. Look how he saved me. Look how he forgave me. And he's done that for me. He can do that for you. That's what we are called to do. We're called to help other people. And so this morning, as we come to an end, when we open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit, don't just wishfully hope for these things. Believe for these things. The Holy Spirit will bring direction to your life. He will bring power into your life. He'll bring purpose to your life. And if you're looking for purpose, he can bring that to your life. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be involved just on one hour on a Sunday. But what about the other 167 hours? Will you open up your heart to him tomorrow? Will you open up your heart to him on Tuesday? God wants to do that. And as we open up our lives and our hearts to him, you know, I honestly believe if we did that wholeheartedly, and it starts with me, I really believe our community would look totally different. I believe your home would look totally different. I believe your relationships would look totally different. I believe your workplace would look totally different. This society would look completely different if we opened up our hearts to God every day and say, Lord, use me today. Use me today. And watch what God will do in and through your life. So let's surrender our lives and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit so that we might make a difference for his glory and for his honor.